Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Mission Mill Spouse Podcast. I'm Amanda Bickneys, Director of Empowerment, and I'm so happy you are joining us. We are here to globally empower military spouses with resources and support so they can conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. This is show number 960 of the longest running podcast of its kind. And it is my pleasure to introduce my team member and co-host today, Angelia McMichael, our partner recruitment specialist. Thank you, Amanda. Hello, everyone. It's truly a privilege to bring you resources and support through this podcast. And today is no exception. To kick things off, we'll share some of our top resources to help you navigate this mill spouse life. Then in just a bit, we'll hear from our director of marketing, Annie Pierce, as she chats with Gretchen Brandenburg McClellan, author of When Your Daddy is a Soldier. So let's get started. Listeners, as a 501c3 organization, both individuals and businesses can support us in our mission, and we would love it if you chose to join us. Check out our website, missionmillspouse.org, to donate or email partner at missionmillspouse.org for more in-depth details on our extensive partnership deliverables. And just a reminder, all donations are tax deductible and go completely towards supporting our military spouse community. Thank you. Before we dive into today's resources, I'd love to chat about the latest happenings in your household, Angelia. How are things going for you? Chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) We have doctor's appointments and dental visits and all things PCS. Like it's, it's chaos. (laughs) Oh yeah. We aren't even PCSing. And I feel like we're at that time of year where it's just so much to do. Um, Like why do I schedule all of our appointments around the same time? I feel like I need to start spreading them out more, but um yeah, that's great news. And I know you are PCSing to Carson, right? Yes, I'm so stinking excited. Yay! Well, it's going to be so exciting to, you know, see you in person. And I know we've got other Mission Mill Spouse uh, command team members here. So it's going to be just awesome. We can start doing podcasts live. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I was thinking. Like, whenever we got the news, I was like, I know that there are some of the ladies that do Mission Mill Spouse that like live there. Like, finally, I'm going to get to like actually go see them face to face and meet them. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. I'm so happy for you guys. You're just, you're going to absolutely love it. It's going to be amazing. And um, actually, since you're kind of in this busy season now, it, it might feel nice when you do get here, you can do some exploring of, you know, Pikes Peak and the mountains and all the fun outdoorsy things that we've got here. My kids are so stoked to be able to have like our first Colorado Christmas and get to have snow 
and sledding and my son's already talking about trying snowboarding and we are we are so excited I, I cannot say it enough we are so excited to get to go there and we've heard so many great things that it's making the chaos that we're dealing with right now kind of okay because of what all we have to look forward to Oh, yeah, definitely. I I can totally understand that. We're all so, so excited. And I can't wait to get to like hang out with you and everybody else that's there. It's it's great. Yes. Oh, I love this. Well, it's been so fun to catch up with you, Angelia. And now it's time to check in with this week's Resource Recon. So one of our latest blogs comes from our expert blogger, Hope for the Warriors. And in their recent post titled, Hope's Giant Leap with the U.S. Space Force, they share, the United States Space Force recently celebrated its third birthday, though many folks probably don't even know the newest branch of the U.S. Armed Service exists or what its members are responsible for. When officially announced on December 20th, 2019, the Space Force became the first new military branch since 1947. There have been calls for such a United States military branch since man first started exploring space. With the birth of a brand new branch of the military came the realization that at some point, hope for the warriors will need to serve members of the Space Force. That's why we're so excited when we were able to tour the Pentagon where the Space Force is headquartered in December. And while it was a tour of the Pentagon, it concentrated on the Space Force. So first of all, with this blog, like I just, I have to agree with um, Hope for Warriors, how they were discussing like, oh, folks probably don't even know that this newest branch, the Space Force exists. Uh, Because (laughs) now that my husband is actually a guardian, (laughs) officially, um, I've been getting this reaction so much. Um, And then I, I loved how they mentioned in the blog, you know, that it's really kind of built around so many um, inner service transfers. Uh, My husband has been telling me, you know, he came from the army, but then there's just, they're coming from all different branches and specialties um, that are creating, you know, this new branch. And so it's unique, but it's also nice that it's now starting to really get kind of acclimated and considered like an equal branch of the military. Um, So thank you to Hope for Warriors for kind of shedding some light and insight on some of the ways that Space Force is now being spotlighted and coming more into fruition. I have to ask Amanda, do people call him the guardian of the galaxy? <laughs> oh, yes. Actually, when he first um, told me, he was like, you know how in the army it's like soldiers and then there's Marines. He's like, what do you think the name for Space Force is? And I was like, I don't know, Space Cadet, like just joking around. And then he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, all right. He's like, he's like, seriously, just guess. And I was like, I really don't know. I'm like, all I can do is make jokes. So I'm like, how about Guardian? <laughs> you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. And he's like, that's it. And I'm like, ha, 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 you know? And he's like, no, we're legit the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> no, I feel like I need to advocate for, like, I'm picturing too that, like, kind of purple um, Milky Way uh, yes shirt that they make or whatever sometimes they put the cat on it (laughs) that's what they need to make you know all the uniforms now 
I think it's great. And I'm sure a ton of people probably think that they're off, you know, doing missions and colonizing Mars and stuff like that. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) I get asked all the time. (laughs) So important, you know, to we know so much about the Army and the Navy and the Marines and the Air Force and, you know, how they started and what their mission is. And I think that it's so important, you know, for the Space Force to get that, too. Yes. Oh, definitely. We love that. And thanks again, you know, to Hope for the Warriors for shedding light on the Space Force and things of that nature. Yes, definitely. So let's switch gears just a bit and hear from some of the other members of our command team. Next is our Empowerment Patrol Report, followed by our weekly Moxie Minute and top stories from our News 6 correspondent. We here at Mission Mill Spouse never doubt the strength of our military spouse tribe. Here is our Director of Empowerment with this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Hello, Mission Mill Spouse listeners. This is your Director of Empowerment, Amanda Bickney, bringing you this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Today, we are showcasing our Everyday Empowerment recipient, Patty Hernandez. I personally nominated Patty since she is both an inspiration and a support to me. I met Patty through a writing community, and from the very beginning, we hit it off as writers and as military spouses. She is a huge encourager, willing to spread joy through her authenticity and laughter. She's an awesome person and friend who inspires others by simply being her. The best part is I've gotten a chance to read her debut novel and it's instantly become one of my favorite books. I highly recommend checking out the novel 27 by P.L. Hernandez. You will not regret it. All that to say, thank you so much, Patty, for being an empowering, inspiring mill spouse and friend. And on behalf of Mission Mill Spouse, thank you so much for doing your part to empower families all across the globe. Until next time, I'm Amanda Bickneys reminding you, empowered spouses, empower spouses. Unlike our calendar plans, our commitment to serve military spouses is written in ink. Now continuing our 18-year legacy is Mission Mill Spouse Deputy Director of Empowerment with this week's Moxie Minute. Hello again, military families and spouses. Amy Fisher here, and it's time to talk about the next word on our list for moxie, and that is nerve. Now, when I think of nerve, I think of the courage and bravery that it takes to face the unknown. As military families, we know all about that. We don't always know where we're going to live or how we're going to be there. We don't always know when our loved ones will come home or if they'll be safe while they're traveling or away, but we face these uncertainties head on with nerves of steel, or at least we try, right? I remember when my husband was up for his first deployment and I was a nervous wreck. I had all sorts of fears, doubts swirling around in my head, but I knew that I had to keep it together for him and our family. So I took a deep breath and summoned up the nerve to face whatever came our way. And it wasn't a one-time thing. Just so you know, I had to renew that nerve several times over the next 15 months. That's the thing about nerve. It's not about being fearless. It's about acknowledging our fears and doubts and then pushing past them anyway. As writer Ambrose Redmoon once said, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. And that's exactly what we do as military families. We face our fears and our doubts with nerve and determination. 
because we know that something else, our love for our spouses, our country, and our commitment to our families is more important than our fear. So let's all give ourselves a pat on the back for our nerve. Let's keep facing the unknown with courage and determination. Let's continue to show the world what it means to have true grit and moxie. Until next week, spouses, moxie up. No news is typically good news in this military life, except on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Here is our News 6 correspondent with this week's top stories. Howdy y'all and buckle up for this week's News 6 update. SGLI reaches a new high. Starting March 1st, $100,000 will be automatically added to every service member's life insurance policy, bringing the total from $400,000 to five. The service member's group life insurance policy, or SGLI, will increase even if the service member has previously reduced or declined it. It will also increase not only for active duty, but reserve and guard members as well. The monthly premium will increase as well, going up to $31, a $6 price hike. This is a universal price and rank and age is not influenced by the premium. The Veterans Group Life Insurance, or VGLI, is also increasing from $400,000 to $500,000, but the veteran must request it as it is not an automatic changeover. This increase is the first increase in the program since 2005 and will make the Department of Veteran Affairs the 12th largest life insurer in the United States. This is going to help support our service members and veterans and protect those who matter most, Daniel Keenigan, director of the VA Insurance Service, said during a media roundtable. As costs have increased, we are increasing our overall life insurance coverage correspondingly. 88% of all service members are covered at the recommended maximum of the SGLI, with 95% of active and 73% reservists. The increase is required by the Supporting Families of the Fallen Act, signed into law on October 17th. While life insurance policies are never a fun topic, service members can be relieved to know that their families will be taken care of in the worst circumstances. Find out more at MilitaryTimes.com. American Idol and American Hero Reunite When Kaylin Hedges, a 15-year-old from Pound Ridge, New York, auditioned for American Idol, she had no idea that would only be the first thrill of her day. She had chosen the song Already There by Lone Star a song about a family missing their husband and father while he was away and him letting them know that he was always with them. This is a familiar feeling for military families and one Kaylin knows well, as her military father is currently serving overseas. Before singing, she told the judges she was dedicating the song to her father, who she missed very much. Her rendition brought a standing ovation from the judges, and Judge Katy Perry told her before they would vote that her dad had recorded a special message for her. First Sergeant Jeffrey Hedges said on an iPad recording, It's your dad. I miss and love you very much. I wanted to tell you I have nothing but pride and admiration for you. I know I've missed many holidays, birthdays, and major life events for you, but I just want you to know that no matter where I am, I'm already there. So take a look around. The judges then told her to take a look around, and her dad entered the room. The surprise was not only a shock to her, but to her mother, who had no idea he was there either. After the sweet family reuniting, the judges voted and gave Kaylin a platinum ticket to Hollywood, meaning she got to skip a week of competition. Congrats on getting your dad back and starting your adventure to stardom, Kaylin. Your military family is rooting for you. Learn more and watch the video clip at WideOpenCountry.com. Soldier donates life-saving bone marrow to toddler. Specialist Gavin Dingus had been registered on Be The Match, the National Bone Marrow Registry, 
for several years when he enlisted in the Army at the age of 22. Just two years after joining, he got the call that he had come up as a match. This is a journey he had thought about embarking on since he was a child. When I was young, my grandmother was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I used to always say that I would grow up and find the cure and look everywhere for progress in developing one, Dingus told Military Family Magazine. One day I came across an article or news segment that talked about bone marrow donations being a possible cure. Since then I knew that when I turned 18, I would sign up to become a donor. Be a match called to let him know he was a good candidate for a little one-year-old girl named Avery who had pre-B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Dingus is quoted talking about the experience saying, To be honest, it took quite some time to sink in. Going through the process felt very normal to me, like it was something anyone would do. It wasn't until I heard it clearly stated to me that Avery was cancer-free that I had that wow moment, he said. I would have to say it is the most unique and profound feeling I've had in my life. I definitely felt like I found purpose in my life and my actions. He did not meet the toddler during the transfer, but she did get to meet her hero in November of 2022 and are now good buddies. Dingus is committed not only to continuing his career as a soldier, but to advocate for bone marrow donations. I believe it is very important for people to understand how much it means to be a donor and how much we are needed. Only approximately 40% of people called to donate actually follow through with their initial promise, Dingus said. When you add in the fact that you need to be a genetic match, minority groups are heavily impacted by the lack of donors. This is a chance to make an incredible impact on not just one person's life, but all of their loved ones too. I have met such incredible people throughout this journey, which otherwise I never would have met before. To learn more about registering as a donor, please visit bethematch.com. To learn more about this story, visit militaryfamiliesmagazine.com. Today in History on March 6, 1836, the Alamo fell after a 13-day siege by Mexican General Santa Ana and his troops. No free man survived, including famed frontiersman Davy Crockett and James Bowie, the inventor of the Bowie knife. The women, children, and the one slave who was there were also in the fortress were spared. While a defeat for the Texans, the stories of the 189 men protecting the fortress from 1,600 Mexican soldiers for an astounding 13 days spread far and wide. Remember the Alamo became a battle cry for the Texans, and they would win their independence from Mexico a short five weeks later. Texas Independence Day is still celebrated on March 2nd, the day the Texas Declaration of Independence was signed, right in the middle of the Siege of the Alamo. A belated happy birthday to Texas, especially all our mill spouse stationed in the Lone Star State. That's it for me. I'm Emma Tai with New Six, signing out. It's true, listeners. No news is good news in military life, except for when it's coming from our Mission Mill Spouse News 6 correspondent. Thanks to Emma for always keeping us in the need-to-know news loop. Also, thank you to our Empowerment Branch members, Amanda and Amy, for encouraging our Mill Spouse hearts on this challenging yet adventure-filled journey. Let's take a quick break, then stay tuned for today's main event when Annie Pierce interviews Gretchen Brandenburg-McClellan about her book, When Your Daddy's a Soldier. Here at Mission Mill Spouse, military spouses are our primary focus. We have more than 2,600 blogs with topics, including PCS, parenting, career guidance, humor, deployment, and more. Whether you're dating a service member, have just said, I do as a new spouse, or are a seasoned spouse with a whole collection of PCS stickers on your furniture, we have something for you. But hey, don't just take our word for it. 
I'm Lindsay, and when my husband joined the military, I was completely lost when it came to assimilating to military life and culture. This organization made me feel like I had support, a new community I could lean on, and equipped me with invaluable information about military spouse life. Tap into all of our empowering resources at missionmillspouse.org or follow us across all social media platforms at Mission Millspouse. Welcome, Mission Mill Spouse podcast listeners. I'm Annie Pierce, your Mission Mill Spouse Director of Marketing. And I'm so excited to share today's empowering episode that is near and dear to my heart. Today's guest, Gretchen McLellan, is an Army brat, wife of a veteran, mother, grandmother, former reading specialist, and author of five picture books. Her father was a veteran of three wars and a career infantry soldier. She spent her childhood on the move, living in Rockville, Maryland, Springfield and Charlottesville, Virginia, Fort Benning, Georgia, Tampa, Florida, Heidelberg, Butzbach, Stuttgart, and Munich, West Germany, and Tehran, Iran, both on and off bases. As an adult, she has settled in Kamas, Washington. It has been one of her lifetime missions to represent military kids in print. The military, one of America's oldest and nearly invisible subcultures, is underrepresented in children's literature. Gretchen provides a mirror for kids like her by giving them a voice in her recent release, When Your Daddy's a Soldier. By providing a window into their world, she hopes to build understanding and compassion for them and their families. She explores many issues close to the brat heart in her picture books and middle grade fiction. As a mom who loves finding books that my son can relate to, I cannot wait for our conversation today. Gretchen, welcome to Mission Mill Spouse Podcast. Well, thank you very much for welcoming me and inviting me. Um, I'm very excited to be talking with you today. Oh, I'm so looking forward to our chat. So I wanted to know, what was the inspiration for this book? Why did you write it? You know, Annie, I'm wondering if it would be okay if I read the book aloud. It's a picture book, so it's not too long. And I think that the audience will understand um, what I'm talking about in our later chat a little bit better if they have the context of the book. Would that be okay? I am all for that. Um, I'll put up my listening ears. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so this is a picture book, When Your Daddy's a Soldier, written by me and illustrated by E.G. Keller. Please look for this book. His illustrations are amazing. The love in this military family just, uh, it will it will just warm your heart. It's, it's a beautifully, beautifully illustrated book. And it is dedicated to my sisters and brother and military brats everywhere. When your daddy's a soldier like mine, you want to be a soldier too. You wear camo like he does, you wear dog tags like he does, and you want to ride in a tank or helicopter just like he does too. And the protagonist is a little boy. When your daddy comes home from work, you race to unlace his big boots and yank and pull until they pop off. You put them on and march around while his happy toes wiggle. 
But sometimes your daddy doesn't get to come home from work. Sometimes he has to go away and you can't be with him. When he tells you this, you want to stick your fingers in your ears and never take him out. When your daddy's a soldier, sometimes he gets ordered to work far, far away for a maybe forever long time. Our daddy is going to war. Sis cries, but I try to act like a soldier, brave. Daddy says he's proud of me, but his voice sounds lumpy. Later, I go to my fort and cry. One of the beautiful things that the illustrator did with this book is he made the fort a tree fort and daddy has climbed up into the tree fort and he is holding his son with, with such tenderness, it brings tears to my eyes. So they're in, on this page, they're um, up in the tree fort. Before daddy leaves, he places his favorite hat on my head and then he tells me I'm the man of the house now and to take good care of mama and sis. But after he's gone, I don't sit at his place at the table. His chair is so empty, my throat hurts. Sis still sets a place for him. Mama doesn't eat. I tell her a joke to make her smile. Then sis does too. When your daddy's a soldier far away at war, your mama's not the same. Sometimes it seems like she's gone too. Sometimes you have to jump up and down before she even knows you're talking. Sometimes she expects you to be all grown up and others she acts like you're a baby again. And sometimes you do things you did when you were really little, like twirl your finger around and around in your hair or sleep with your lights on again. We draw pictures and write letters to daddy. My class writes letters too. We thank him for his service and invite him to visit our school when he comes home. Daddy writes back that he puts the letters up where he can see them right next to our pictures. His buddies say he's lucky to have such a great family. We send him other things too. Sis sends her favorite seashell so daddy won't forget the sound of our ocean. I sent him a skipping stone to carry in his pocket. Daddy and I found it right before he left and promised to watch it fly when he gets home. I don't want him to forget. I tell Mama I want to mail myself too. Then sis copies me. Mama laughs and says we can bake his favorite cookies instead. When your daddy's a soldier like mine, a day comes that's better than all your birthdays and holidays put together. That's the day you hear your daddy is coming home. At the airport, we wait and wait and wait for daddy, and then we see him. Sis and I take off running, and then mama is there, and I don't think she'll ever stop kissing him. When they finally stop, daddy spins sis in a hug around and around, and then swings me up on his shoulders. Together, we are bigger than anyone in the whole wide world. At home, daddy's chair is full again and we have fun. We have a slumber party and play games and eat lots of ice cream. Daddy says he can't get enough ice cream. He says the war is always hot. Daddy tells us he's proud of the way we've taken care of one another while he's been gone. He says we should get a medal for keeping our family strong. 
He gives us camo backpacks with his mission and unit patches on him, and I show mine off to everyone at school. My teacher asks me how I'm feeling. Happy, I say, my daddy's home. That's joy, honey, joy, and her eyes shine. When daddy visits our school, we have a special assembly to honor him and all veterans. Sis and I stand tall next to daddy on the stage. But when your daddy's a soldier, he doesn't get to stay home for good. He has to go back to his unit, back to the war. This time when he leaves, daddy holds me so tight that I don't think either of us will ever let go. Daddy makes a joke about me being Velcro boy and peels me off. Softly, he says, chin up, son. I'll be home again. He ruffles my hair, shoulders his bag, and walks away. Then he turns around one last time and waves goodbye. When your daddy's a soldier like mine, you wish you were big enough and brave enough to be a soldier too, so you could always stay together. For now, you do your best to be brave and strong during the day. You pray that your daddy will come home soon, and at night, you dream of peace. And the last illustration is of daddy and his son skipping that stone. That is my picture book when your daddy's a soldier. Gretchen, there's there's a couple firsts already happening. This is the first time that I've known someone to read a book on our podcast. It's also the first time I have cried within the first five minutes (laughs) of an interview. (laughs) That this book this it has that effect on people. I, I I was in a bookshop um and it was before it came out. I had, you know, an advanced copy of it and I was showing mm-hmm. it to this bookshop owner. I said, you know, I'm just gonna leave my latest here because she had had me for ratings with other books. And I said, I'm gonna go shop. And then I she was in the cash register area and I hear from that area, I was in the back of the shop, she goes, that is so true. And I looked up and she had tears streaming down her mm-hmm. face. She was just swiping at both of her cheeks. And I said, I'm sorry, this book kind of has that effect. And <laughs> out that she was a military brat. Her dad had been deployed. She even locked the keys in her car when they were supposed to go get her dad from the airport. Which oh, was- no. And we ended up talking for, you know, an hour about our lives. It was it was um, it was incredible. So I I love hearing how people respond to this book so much, especially people who are who are living the life. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I also love hearing how other people respond to her who are civilians because it touches their heart and as part of my purpose was to create compassion and understanding for military families i'm i'm not i'm glad you cried because (laughs) working something's working oh it's obviously it's it's very much working and i think you touched on it a little bit by saying your purpose but tell me uh, I love this book already, but what was the inspiration for it? There's a short story and a long story about the <laughs> And I think both of them are worth telling because they show 
how each of us can empower one another with our contributions, whatever shape they are, but our contributions to to um, our culture and to each Mm -hmm. other's life. So obviously I wrote this book because I wanted children to have the book I never had um, when my father was deployed. You know, it's for those little people who were caught up in this bewildering world sometimes and they have no control over it. And there are so many demands on them to be, you know, to be strong and be brave. And they are. And their Mm -hmm. military kids are amazing. But I wanted them to have this the story that where they could see themselves and feel like what they were experienced was experiencing was validated and that it was okay to have all of those different feelings. And it was, right. I also wanted, you know, parents to know it's okay to have all those different feelings. So, so getting into the, like the short reason about why I wrote this, um, it was almost 20 years ago that I wrote the first draft of this. And it was a Veterans Day. And I my heart was just shredding thinking about all the families that were being torn apart by the deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. And I decided I was going to write. And I had no idea what I was going to write. But this story just kind of poured out of me. Yeah. Um, and... And, and it poured out in much the same shape that it is now. Um, so I think that's you know, really cool. I've been kind of writing this story my whole life. So that's kind of the short <laughs> reason, you know, the inspiration was I wanted to write something on Veterans Day. And the longer, the longer story um, is that, you know, before I wrote and started to write about kids, in the military, in my fiction, um, I really felt invisible as an army brat. Um, in the in my field, in the field of uh, children's literature, we talk a lot about um, providing kids with the experience of seeing themselves in between the, the covers of a book. If you've never had that experience, you don't even know what it's like. And I had that experience not in a work of fiction, but in a work of nonfiction. And perhaps you know um, Mary Wirch's work, uh, Military Brats, Legacies of Childhood Inside the Fortress. Have you ever heard of that or read it? I don't know if I can understate or or if I can maybe overstate's the right word. Um, yeah power that this book has and had on your life as well as my life. Mary um, Wirch was an army brat, um, combat military, infantry uh, daughter, and she was invited to go out to a movie with some friends once, and it happened to be The Great Santini. Do you know The Great Santini or that book? Well, these are these are seminal experiences in the culture that you're living right now. Anyway, okay. Pat Conroy is a novelist, and he wrote a book about his um, Marine family. It was a, a work of fiction, but he wrote this book, and it was picked up and made into a movie. It was called The Great Santini. So Mary Wirch goes in not knowing what she's going to see, and she was 
absolutely flabbergasted at how her life seemed to be on in this movie. Yeah, and and not that you know she was army; they were you know Marines, but there was mm-hmm. so much in common. And so she started thinking, well, what else do we have in common? You know, people from all of these different branches of the service, and how mm-hmm. has growing up military kind of molded me? Surely there has to be a book. Well, there wasn't one. So um, Mary thought that there certainly had to be some book that was out there that examined what it meant to grow up military. And she looked and couldn't find it. So she is an investigative reporter and she decided she was going to write the book because of this profound experience of seeing herself in a movie for the first time in in her her military brat identity. She didn't think she really had an identity. She spent five years doing great numbers of interviews, interviewing professionals, and she came out with this book, Military Brats, Legacies of Childhood Inside the Fortress. She was, I think, the first person to actually use or popularize just even the term military brats, and it hadn't even been used for all of the services up to that point. Well, she got novelist Pat Conroy to write the introduction to to her book. And the introduction is just astounding. Um, And, you know, I, I, I was profoundly moved by the introduction because in the introduction, Pat Conroy said, until Mary's book, no one had ever had the decency to thank the children and the spouses of soldiers for oh, their wow. and you have to you know we're living in a very different culture now where the greater society is acknowledging the contribution of the entire family that didn't mm-hmm. to be the case so when i read that i was just i was emotionally overwhelmed um seeing somebody actually put into words that that maybe we should have been acknowledged for our contributions to the the military mission you know all of those right all those goodbyes this book i i read through this book and i kept on going ah that's why i'm the way i am that and and i saw myself for the very very first time in a book and it was extraordinary so that helped kind of shape my direction that i thought mm-hmm. i i want other people to have the same experience and back in back when mary wrote this book she's writing volume 2 now which is really oh, wow. And she's expanding the focus to third culture kids. Um, are you familiar with that phrase? I, I, I am not. What, okay, third culture kids are kids like a military brats, diplo brats, um, okay. mission brats, business brats. They're, it's a culture that is created when kids spend a significant number of years in another country because of a parent's job. So... All of those oh. lived abroad in Germany or Iran or Korea, Japan, whatever. We are third culture kids. 
And actually, third culture kids have more in common with one another than they do with the kids in their passport cultures, because this is a unique culture. Growing up military is a, is a very unique culture. So anyway, she's expanding, expanding this book. And I get very excited. And I, now I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, just <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. so, so this, oh yeah. So I'm still in part of my long story. So here I'm like inspired. I have a mission because I've read Mary Worsh and she got her mission from reading that novel of, of um, Pat Conroy's. So when I sat down, you know, on that veterans day, um, wanting to write a book, and when your daddy's a soldier came out, I think I think I'd just been writing it, and I was my pen was waiting for the the moment um, that I would actually move it so that the story could come out. And I am I am grateful that our culture has, like you said, has more of that support for the families and recognizes that. Yeah, and you know, I I wanted to say something, you know, kind of while we're on this this subject of, of changing is since I've read the book, um, you've heard that I used the phrase, thank you for your service in, mm-hmm. in the book. And I understand that a lot of service people do not like that phrase, but yeah. this, this book is both for people who are currently um, in the military and for People whose parents were in the military, it kind of spans. I, I wanted it to span um, generations as much as I could. I, you know, I'm married to a Vietnam vet and he was never thanked for his service. He was spat on coming off the plane. He was called. That's a just so um, crazy to me. And, and he, you know, he went silent um it was a very very hard time in the country and he he mm-hmm. just didn't talk about his experience until the culture changed and people were starting to thank service members in the gulf war and um iraq afghanistan for their service and at that point my husband went out and he got um purple heart license plates for his car Oh. had a couple of purple hearts and it was oh, like he could finally get some acknowledgement and he finally heard those words thank you for your service and so for the vets of that generation that phrase has a very very profound impact and that's why i i left it in the book um mm-hmm. and yeah wanted people to be seen all kinds of people to be seen my my kid is a military brat I felt seen as a mom the way you describe how the mom interacts with the kids so it's just (sighs) mission accomplished there (laughs) thank you and the 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 characters in the book are real amalgams of lots of experiences and people and I tried to use words or when I tried to now when the book wrote itself um, I think that I, I the words that came out were particularly um, powerful because they were so simple 
like that that phrase, you know, when your daddy when your daddy's a soldier and he's far away at war, your mama's not the same. Those mm-hmm. words are like a vessel that we can put our own experiences into. Um, I didn't have to write my exact experiences, uh, but the emotional depth depth comes through in something so simple as that. And then it gives everybody a chance to talk about their own experiences. How how has being an army rat influenced your writing life? Well, it it influences probably everything I do because it's hard not to be an army brat. Um, but I, I've written in other picture books about themes that I think are very close to um, army kids' hearts. And one of my mm-hmm. picture books, Button and Bundle, it's a story about two first best friends um, and uh-huh. one has to move away. And it's what happens to their world of play, because these are two little girls who love their little dolls and they make worlds for them and houses and mm-hmm. clothes. And, you know, they're going to be together forever. And of course, they're not. And when one of them leaves, her doll doesn't want to play anymore. And so she she puts her doll in a basket and sends it off in in a helium balloon to go find her friend and her friend's doll so that they can continue the world of play. And then of course she goes on and meets a new friend and they have a different way of playing. So there, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of autobiographical um, stuff in that story because it was based on my first friendship. And I think I actually did put my doll in the basket to send it to her my friend oh my goodness because my heart was broken when I had to move away from her so I write I write about loss and you know old leaving and finding Mm -hmm. new friendship and I've also written a couple of middle grade novels um that are set on military bases I've got one out right now my agent is circulating it around it's a cold war novel um set in a brigade that's defending the fall gap over in Germany. So, so wow. yeah, I, I, I have written other things that aren't directly connected to me, <laughs> but, but I really, I mean, there's so much that I experienced that was so fabulously exciting and unique. I feel like you, you maybe have a tendency to, to write something like you get a, a kind of goal in mind of like what you want to, a message you want to get across to people. And then it sounds like you kind of write the book for that. In, in, in many ways, a lot of my books are theme driven, but you know, I very rarely know what I'm going to write. Um, <laughs> so what is, what is the most important thing that you hope that military and even non-military children will take away from, from your book that, well, specifically from the book, When Your Daddy's a Soldier? It gives an emotional home for kids in 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 the time where they're the very very most vulnerable when a family you know when a, a parent is deployed and I I do want to say that I've written the companion book when your mommy's a soldier I don't mean to only focus on male soldiers um, and it was really important to me in the illustrations of my book that female soldiers were represented. Yeah, I, I hope 
military families feel like they belong and that they're they're seen in this story. And I hope that non-military kids and uh, adults, otherwise known as civilians, will gain um, insight into the to the lives of military families and develop compassion. You know, I had one review of this book. I don't know if it was on Goodreads or Amazon, where the reviewer said, I'm just crying. This reminds me of how I don't hate military people. I just hate the reasons why we have to have a military at all. And, oh, and wow. so I think that that I've accomplished that building of compassion in um, maybe some of the most resistant hearts. So I was invited to one of my former schools to read this on Veterans Day. And I think it's a really great book to use. And I know other teachers have used it on Veterans Day to let kids kind of have a peek into, you know, the lives of those people that are mm-hmm. on stage um, and to acknowledge the kids. It was really great. I got to have all the, all the, um, military kids stand up and get applauded and that felt <gasps> oh, that's got to be nice oh thank you so much Gretchen for not only writing a book that can help military children but for taking the time today to literally share it with us and to talk about it listeners if you would like to learn more about Gretchen McClellan visit GretchenMcClellan.com or you can connect with her online on Twitter at gmcclellan5 or on Instagram or Facebook at Gretchen McClellan. And don't worry, if you're on the go, we will have all of these in our show notes. So stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Gretchen McClellan. After the commercial break, we'll talk about advice for future authors looking to write about military families. Our mission is to globally empower military spouses with resources and support to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Whether you are an individual, a Fortune 500 company, or somewhere in between, join us on our mission. Make your tax-deductible contribution at missionmillspouse.org, or if you're a business interested in sharing your product or services with our more than 100,000 followers, email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Welcome back, listeners. We're continuing our conversation with Gretchen McClellan, author of the book, When Your Daddy's a Soldier. You had shared the inspiration behind your latest book. Now let's step back into the conversation and learn more about the actual process. So writers and illustrators are kept apart during the traditional publishing process. When you first saw E.J. Keller's illustrations, did anything surprise or delight you? Do you have a favorite spread? Okay, yeah. A lot of people do not understand the process that when you submit a manuscript um, or your agent submits a manuscript to an editor, it is just like a Word doc. Um, just the words. And it is the editor and art director's job to then match the text with an illustrator. 
Sometimes authors have a say. Sometimes they don't. I've been told by one company, here's your illustrator. Hope you like her. And you don't have any... (laughs) You don't have any direct connection with the illustrator during the process of illustration. So it's always one of the most exciting things ever when you first get a sketch. And I want to say um, that in this case with When Your Daddy's a Soldier, it was extremely important. Actually, it was essential that the illustrator have military family ties. Um, this book was purchased as an own voices book and the own voices book is a book that is telling a story from an underrepresented culture or su- subculture in American society okay. or in the world. So it was very important um, for me to have authentic experience and for the illustrator as well. So I was given choices um, and I picked uh, E.G. Keller because he had just an incredible range. He can do anything. I thought, I'm going to let him do his thing. He just did an incredible job. And you never know which words they're going to choose to illustrate or how they're going to illustrate them. So it's always a surprise. I've already mentioned um, that the the fort that he drew was a complete mm-hmm. surprise. I had a fort in my, my mind, but heck, I'm an army brat who had time or a tree to build a t- tree fort in. The fact that he drew that and he made it big enough for the daddy, and you see the daddy, mm-hmm. you know, has climbed up there and they're together in this boy's tree fort and the boy's pictures are kind of pinned up on the um, sides of the fort. It's just extraordinary. And I couldn't have made that up myself. Um, My hat goes completely off out, whatever, um, to to my illustrator who did just uh, a delightful job of showing the joys and all of the harder emotions too in this family story. I didn't realize that you don't work collaboratively. You know, I didn't realize you don't work together. So that's really cool that it, that it turned out as well, you know? Yeah. You know, if there's something like when I see a sketch, if there's something that, that I feel like I want to respond to, then I, Mm -hmm. in this case, I would tell my editor she then would discuss it with the art director. And if they chose to, they would communicate that to the illustrator. And I do want to say one of the situations where I did do that was in the scene where um, daddy has, is pinning up his, his um, letters and pictures from the kids and his Mm -hmm. are, saying he's lucky to have such a great family. And the illustrator had drawn daddy and then another male soldier. And I I said, would we please put a female soldier in there too? Female soldier. Yes. And he, you know, was very responsive. He actually took out the male and put in the female. So she's got, you know, a giant, giant um, illustration there. And, so there, mm. there were places where I felt it was really, really important for me to give some feedback. Mm-hmm. And Gerald was fantastic um, in his response. 
And and so I I always learn something profound. Like in this book, you know, I have the daddy saying, you know, you're the man of the house now and giving the boy the cap. Well, by the end of the book, the cap isn't there anymore. It's just the boy. He doesn't have to carry that. And that's something that oh. the, the um, illustrator brought in to the story by not, you know, kind of letting the boy just be a little boy. And and anyway, so so this book has has a lot that you can find in the illustrations, the subtle things about um, like just the, the way that the cap was used. And that I owe to my illustrator, who's a genius. So how would you encourage other authors and illustrators who would like to feature military families in their books? I would like to encourage them wholeheartedly to go for it right now. In publishing, underrepresented voices are what editors are going for because they know that all stories deserve to be told. You know, when there aren't that many books out there published by traditional publishers, and when you you're like one of the few that is giving voice to something, there's a big burden mm-hmm. on book to be everything. This is a story from the voice. One little boy. It's not everybody's voice. And so we need other voices out there telling stories too. To write, if only for yourselves, because writing is very powerful and you never know what's going to come out of it. I really, I really hope to be reading stories from your listeners in the years to come. That has to be such a great response as an author to be able to like put into words something where other people have such a response to that. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is. And I, I really do hope I hear from some of your listeners and, and request that if you um, if your library doesn't have this book, ask your library to acquire it. They usually honor patron requests um, because mm-hmm. to the extent that a book does well or not, that um, has impact on whether other books will be acquired. So a book has to do well, like I won't get my When Your Mommy's a Soldier book published unless this one does well in the marketplace, which is, you know, at least making back the company investment. So reviewing really is a way to thank authors for a book um, and you can review on Amazon or Goodreads. As you said, it's incredibly humbling and moving when I read reviews and I have one in front of me that it just means so much. And this is from, I don't know, it might be Goodreads, it might be Amazon. And she said, I'm very biased about this book as my husband and partner is a naval officer and is soon deploying with the Pacific Fleet aboard the Nimitz. We also have two kids and my eldest is very much like the little boy in this book. He tells us he wants to be a fighting captain when he grows up and is always drawing what his battleship will look like when he and his daddy are the captains. There's that lovely magical thinking in children. He writes, I've never seen a book more accurate in what it's like for kids to deal or not deal with a parent being deployed 
reading it to them has helped them process it and even for my husband to acknowledge and deal with his emotions about being away. Book would be a great read for any veteran or anyone who wants to understand what it's like to be in a military family. I know the title says soldier, but the book is just as helpful for families with sailors, Marines, airmen, and Coast Guardsmen. So that that kind of feedback um, means the world to me. You've clearly written something that, that speaks to, like I said, not only the military kids, but also the military parents. Right. And, and hopefully and non-military to kind of understand what the military goes through. I'm very grateful and very humbled by these kinds of um, reviews that the book is getting. Where can our listeners go to find out more information about your mission to support military spouses? My mission is pretty much through what I write. I am working on a bibliography of juvenile literature that features military kids, and I will have that on my website soon. Um, I've got okay. libraries, actually a librarian at Joint Base, Lewis McCord, has been helping out with that. And so I am so I ha- hope to have that um, on my website very, very soon. And, you know, I just encourage people to support the literature that's already out there. Um, I think reading about our lives is, is essential and healing and exciting. As we wrap up our conversation, one question we ask all of our guests is this. What is one piece of advice that you would give our listeners to help navigate this military life with respect to your area of expertise? Well, maybe I've already said that, you know, read the books that are out there, support the writers um, by leaving them reviews so that publishing companies will write, will publish more for our community about our community and for the greater reading public. I just say, write your own stories, do your art, do your photography, show yourselves and and um, we need, need to see each other. And I want to see you. And I want to read your books. So that's, that's how I would, um, I would advise people to take advantage of what is, what is out there um, that has taken a lot of work to put out there. And it's for you. Your voice does matter. And so you should, whatever your interest is you know like like you said Gretchen if it's photography if it's writing use that to show your voice and I love that piece of expertise I love that piece of advice I I have loved our conversation it's been very emotional for me (laughs) well I I've really I've really loved it too yeah I have a big smile on my face that you can't see but I have it. You're, you're wonderful. You're wonderful at what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing. That's your art. Oh your my gosh. Okay. You're going to make me cry again. <laughs> Gretchen, thank you so much for joining me today to, to share a resource that can help military kids all over the world feel less alone. And as always, we thank you for serving our military community. 
Thank you very much for inviting me. It means it means a lot. And listeners, check out Cratchin's book, When Your Daddy's a Soldier, at all major retailers. And leave a review because I'm going to start doing that now. I haven't been leaving reviews for books, but now I'm going to. Thank you again to today's guest, Gretchen McClellan. Now let's return to our Mission Mill Spouse podcast studio to hear reflections from our hosts. Thank you to Gretchen McClellan for sharing her empowering resources with us this week. Again, if you want to connect with Gretchen, you can find her online via her website at GretchenMcClellan.com or Twitter at GMcClellan5 and on Instagram and Facebook at Gretchen McClellan, which is M-C-L-E-L-L-A-N. Wow, what an amazing interview. Oh, as an inspiring an aspiring author and former teacher myself, like getting to hear Gretchen's um, passion for her books and for the military community, especially for military children was so inspiring to me. I felt so connected to her and her spirit uh, really throughout this whole interview. Um, And I definitely was tearing up quite a few times. Um, Angelia, what were some of your key take takeaways from this interview? So amazing to get a story, not only just from being a military spouse with kids, you know, navigating this life, but she was a kid, a military yeah. kid. And I find that so wonderful because, you know, not only has she lived it like with her own children, but she's had to live it being the kid. And that gives such a unique perspective. And I know. Just remarkable at showing this beautifully painful kind of life that we sometimes do live, that there's not a ton of, you know, light shed on it. Go to the bookstore, whatever, you know, we can find books on all kinds of different things, but I don't see a ton on military kids. I I know. And I love how she placed such importance on like, it really doesn't matter what perspective you're coming from, your, your story still matters. And that kids, you know, they, they want to be able to see books where not only are they represented, but uh, maybe even to be inspired to, to write about their own story or their own experiences. Um, And you're right. I did, you know, I'm the same as you. Um, Military life for me didn't start until I got married. Um, Whereas she lived it as a kid and, um, you know, that's got to be such a unique and tough kind of experience to have. So and I have to say, I loved that the military spouse, whether that be a wife or a husband, whatever, you know, that's kind of left behind that you see their emotions play into it too. Yeah. And they are having to go from, you know, like a partnership to solo. Well, and it's interesting because you, how different it is too, because you know that it's just temporary, but when you're it, when you're living in that moment, it feels so like overwhelming and um you're on a treadmill, it's just never ending. <laughs> is there so I know your kids aren't very old, but is there anything that you do for them or with them specifically, like when your husband deploys? Like for us, we do journals. So all of my kids get a journal. And they can write or color 
whatever kind of about their day or something cool they want to tell their dad in case, you know, we don't get to have regular phone calls or what have you. Is there anything like that that you do with your kids or that you plan on doing with your kids? The last time he deployed, my daughter was really young, but (laughs) I say luckily at the time it was like, oh, now I have this newborn (laughs) who's only four months old and I have to figure this out on my own. (laughs) So, but one uh, kind of pro to it was that she was so young that she didn't really understand. Um, And honestly, as soon as he came back, it was like no time had passed. Um, and they have such a great, great bond now. Um, but my husband will be deploying, um, actually this year. And so now I have two children and my daughter is very much aware. And so I've been trying to kind of plan all the things like doing, you know, one of the little daddy dolls. I love the idea of a journal though. That is, that is awesome. I'm definitely going to use that. So yeah, share any any helpful tips and tricks now that it's not just me who really has to kind of cope and navigate it. It's also my kids now too. So we've, we've always, so the journal thing was just, you know, it's kind of an outlet, you know, if they're having a hard day or something exciting happened, you know, even when they were littler and couldn't write, they could draw pictures. Yeah. We thought that it'd be so cool for my husband whenever he came home to like have those books that, you know, he could look through and kind of see what we did on the day-to-day. Oh, um, so we did that. And then with the first deployment, my son thought it would be super cool to like send him um, postcards from everywhere we went or anything we did. Oh, I love that. A lot of postcards. And he wasn't great at writing. He was, you know, a little kindergartner. But he would draw like the cutest pictures and put them on there. So we do still have some of that. And, but you know, little things like that. We try and be as open and honest in the communication with them, age appropriate, of course. Yeah. Because it is something that's so big to them and such a huge adjustment. Oh, yeah. I can only, oh, I'm like, I'm not ready for it. I know that it's coming. I'm trying to mentally prepare, but, um, I love the postcard idea. My daughter will be a kindergartner and she'd probably love to draw on different postcards and and send that. And it's so cool because you can pick them up literally anywhere. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, and it's just like a sweet um, gesture, you know, for uh, on both sides to give and to receive. So I really, oh, thank you for sharing those ideas. Those are excellent. I'll definitely use them. I, I just, we, I try and come up with something fun each time because mama's got to have some sanity and some habit, <laughs> you know, just as well as the kids do. And so we always kind of spitball back and forth ideas with the kids. Like, what do you want to do this time? <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. That really is though. <laughs> well, military spouses, that about does it for another episode of this podcast. It's a wonderful experience to bring you this content week after week and invite you into our ever-expanding tribe. We love doing this so much that we produce two podcasts per week. In addition to our full-length Monday podcast, check out our mini-cast, which drop each Thursday. Our team members share their personal military spouse experiences and favorite resources that they've used on their journey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or on the podcast 
app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Don't miss our next full-length episode when we chat with Rebecca Emerson about exceptional family members. We look forward to sharing this info with our Mission Mill Spouse community. If you or someone you know has a product or service to share with the over 100,000 followers in our network, let's partner up. Both businesses and individuals can donate on our website. You can also email partner at missionmillspouse.org for details on partnership deliverable opportunities. Remember, we are a 501c3, so all donations are tax deductible. Finally, if you want to connect with us here at Mission Mill Spouse beyond the podcast, subscribe to our newsletter, The Sit Rep. That's situational report for anyone new to the Mill Spouse neighborhood. We send the sit rep twice per month, showcasing our top blog posts, upcoming podcast information, exclusive giveaways, and more. To sign up, simply visit missionmillspouse.org. Listeners, it is truly an honor to be a part of your Mill Spouse squad. We're here for you no matter what this military life might be throwing your way. We want to thank you for tuning in to this edition of our podcast. No matter what you're facing, we want you to remember, we've been there. You are not alone. We've got your six. This is your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team signing out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Mill Spouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.